But if God's light, let us engage in fellowship with them, that we must walk in light and not in darkness. As we walk in light, we will regularly confess our sins and allow the blood of Christ to continually cleanse us. But there are two major roadblocks that hinder the walk of light. Uh, that hinder this walk by uh, falling in love with the world and falling for the alluring lies of false teachers. And John is dealing with this particular with this particular uh, roadblock or stumbling block, if you will, in 1 John chapter 2. Matter of fact, I'll pick up reading in verse 15 where he says, uh, Matter of fact, I want to back up to verse 12. And he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, Father, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is in the last hour, as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is in the last hour. That went out from us, that went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. Either he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. And if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. Now notice what he is saying there, that in order to, to, to abide in the Son, uh, to abide in the Father, you must abide in the Son. You must have fellowship with the Son and have fellowship with the Father. You must have love of the Son to have the love of the Father. You cannot love the world and expect to have the love of the Father. The two do not exist in the same place. Notice John is writing to the little children. He's referring to those uh, who have become Christians who are walking along the way. John has become somewhat of an elder statesman at this point. John was one of those apostles known as the sons of thunder. When he first started, when him and his brother James started to follow Jesus, they were known as very emotional men who were quick to, to curse and go off and fly off the handle. But he becomes, as he as time goes on, he becomes the, the, the beloved one, or as the scripture says, the one who Jesus loved. He becomes the one who stuck with Jesus through thick and thin, when all the other apostles and gardeners are hiding, and the only person who was standing at the foot of the cross was his mother. There also was John. John was also present at many, many pivotal times in Jesus' Uh, ministry. And this is the one who was fiery and was, was, and was caught up and led by his Moses, 
Now he's the one, as the older statement, who has looked back through mistakes and many shortcomings to say that in God, there is no darkness at all. There is only light. And if you're going to walk in God, you must choose to walk with him and him alone. And you cannot let the love of the world interfere in that. Uh, the Bible says here, do not love the world. What the world is not. It is not the physical world as an earth, as you see in Genesis 1, verse 131. It is not the human world in terms of mankind. We talked about this morning uh, uh, in our Bible class. We talked about before I came to Christ, I was in the world. Now, I am still in the world as being on earth. I am still in the world as being part of mankind. But Jesus prayed in John 17 that we are to be in the world but not of the world, meaning not of the same passions, lusts, and desires of the world. The world is the world of sin, Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. It is the domain of Satan. And uh, uh, by definition of the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the study Bible there, it's the morally evil system under the influence of Satan, opposed to God and Christ's kingdom. Do you not understand that there are many who won't come to salvation in Christ because they're still in a love affair with the world? The truth of God has been explained to them. They see the hand of God in Romans chapter 10 extended to a disobedient people. They hear God calling them every time they open the Bible, every time they sit in worship. They hear God say, come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I can end your pain. I can end your suffering. I'm calling you now. Come to me now. But they're still in love with the world. They're still in love with, with, with corrupt relationships and illicit relationships. They're still in situations that will, will, will satisfy the flesh, but in no way will save their soul. They're not finished having certain attitudes or relationships. They're still in love. And the Bible says that if you're in love with the world, the love of the Father is not in you. You can go to every church service you like. Shout as much as you like, scream as much as you like, howl as much as you like. But as long as you're in that love affair with the world, your soul is no closer to being saved than those who refuse to know God at all. Don't love the world. Because the world, as the scripture says, is perishing. It's passing away. It won't last forever. The things of the world are uh, under the influence of Satan. What is that? The lust of the flesh. That is the unbridled desires of the flesh, which we must control. Uh, the lust of the eyes, that's the unlawful longing for things we see, which we must control. We talked about that a little bit this morning. We talked about that, remember? If you obey God, you can lose some weight. If you obey God, man, God says, stay focused on me, listen to what I'm saying. Change your behaviors so you can walk, you can wake up from your nap and walk past the kitchen without getting a piece of something. You can have some self-control. <clears throat> yeah, or, or without longing for the thing. But it says longing, that word longing, what it means is to keep your mind on it, although you've walked away from it. That is piling on it. That is still desire, that is coveting after it. Matter of fact, that's what happened to Lot's wife. When he came to save Lot and his family. He says, I want you to leave. I want you to trust me. I want you to trust my word. And when you leave here, do not look back. If you look back, it's going to tell me that you desire what's behind you more than what's in front of you. Salvation is in front of you. 
Devastation and destruction is behind you. Don't look back. Show your trust in me by walking with me and forsaking everything else. But some, they walk the way halfway and they keep falling back because they haven't forsaken yet. They haven't let it go. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't cut it and carterized it. Now that word carterized, that might only make sense to some of the people who watch Westerns with me. You see, in the old Westerns, you see, if you got shot, you might be out in the desert or something, you get shot with an arrow. And then the, the, the cowboys always, just get the arrow out, get the arrow out, just get it out. And what he do, he break off the end, and he'll take the shaft of it out, but he said, when you take it out, you've got to cauterize the wound. So what will happen is, you break the end off, and like they'll put, sometimes they might put, they cut a little, little groove in the arrow, and they put a, a gunpowder on it. And then they light it, and then as the fire went, then they bang it through the sword. And what it would do, it would go through, and it would, it would melt all the inside of the wound in order to cut off the artery so that the person wouldn't bleed to death. And the same thing we have to do when we're walking with God. You have to cut off some things in life, and you've got to carterize that wound. You've got to clip it, burn it, never to return again. Seal it off so that there's no option of turning back and keep moving forward. Huh? Uh, 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 and it says, it says that, that we must, we must control. Let's go to Psalm 119. Yeah, let's read that together over Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we'll pick up reading verse 36 and 37. Well, the Bible says here, Psalm 119, he says, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to begin reading in verse 33, where he says, uh, uh, Teach me, O Lord, thy, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Keep me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things, and revive me in your way. Establish your word uh, to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Notice those things there. I want you to see something there where it says, uh, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn my, way, my eyes away at worthless things. Worthless things are those things that are not beneficial to the growth of your soul. Those things that are not spiritually beneficial, those things are worthless. But you know the problem? We have a problem calling those things worthless. We have a problem calling those relationships worthless, those conversations worthless, going those places worthless. We have a problem calling it that. You know why? Because we still see some worth in it. And you don't stop sinning until you get tired of it and have no, have no use of it. Certain things you don't lay down until you become completely tired. Now I ask you, those things that are keeping you from the love of God, what's so good about those things? What makes those things better than the love that God is offering? What? And is it worth denying yourself the greatest love of all? Notice, we ought, to, we ought to pray that in our prayers sometimes. Turn my eyes away 
Matter of fact, go over here to First Timothy. In uh, First Timothy, the chapter is six. Let's let's read through uh, from verse six through ten, where the Bible uh, says, "Now godliness with contentment is great gain." Now, in the margin of your Bible, you might want to write there, "Godliness plus contentment equals great gain." That's the equation. That's a formula for you right there. If you want to know somebody who's looking for um, great gain, uh, and, and keep your finger there. Keep your finger there. And turn over to turn with me over to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, where the Bible says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He's saying you want to keep, you want to stop always begging and wanting and longing for what other folks have. Then, then, clear, keep your focus on God. And it says there, now godliness and contentment is great gain. For we were bought uh, but we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare, into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and perceived themselves throughout, uh, through, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He says, God has given you the things. You talk about this morning about being thankful. Has God not given you enough to be thankful for? See, when I'm still coveting, I'm simply being greedy. Has he provided for me? I got a couch, but you know what? I want two couches. <laughs> I got a you know, I need a couch to put up. I, got, I need a couch to put in my living room. Then I need a couch to put in my basement. Then I need a couch to put in my bedroom. I shall never understand. Why do you need a couch in the bed? The bed is right there. Did you want to lie? Did you want to nod a little bit before going to bed? Did you want to sit there and look in the bed and nod? Oh, let me get up. Sometimes, you know, I got one. I got one downstairs in my finished basement. Got one on the main floor. One. But here's the question: Do I need all of those? Especially when I know somebody who might need them. Do I need them all? Huh? Huh? Somebody come over there, you know? I mean, that's a nice couch. No, you can't have my couch. I know some people, you can't come in their house and call them anything. But I don't say you can't have it. I'm just saying it's nice. <laughs> I'm not coming. I'm not trying to take your couch. <laughs> but see, being being covetous, being covetous and, 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 and lusting, always wanting, 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 getting and gaining without being satisfied and thankful for what you already have will cause you to lose it all. Also, he says here, the pride of life that is boasting, age, wealth, and accomplishment which we must control. In the same verse, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Command those who are rich in this present age 
not to be haughty nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that may lay hold to eternal life. Notice what he says there. Let it, he's not saying it's a sin to be rich, but don't trust in your riches. Don't let just having a little bit of extra pocket money and a good job be the reason. I, listen, there are those who, who they're in Christ, but they feel like I can't be happy or have joy unless I have a certain job and certain money. You're a fool for that. Because your security doesn't come from the job and it doesn't come from the money. It comes from your position in Christ Jesus. I need people to stop measuring womanhood and manhood by material possession. Stop measuring it by clothes. Stop measuring it by home. Stop measuring it by those kind of things. Stop measuring yourself by another person. Measure yourself only by Christ Jesus. And you'll come up short every time. But when you come up short measuring yourself to Christ Jesus, you come up short, but you're always reaching that you may gain. You're striving toward it. But listen, don't play yourself. If you, if you didn't have, but now you do have, don't let what you have define who you are. Huh? Don't be happy today because you got it. And be depressed tomorrow because you feel like, now nah, I lost it all. No, it doesn't matter because God give it and God take it away. Bless me the name of the Lord. Anyway. This is God who does all. James 14 tells you that. Humble yourself to the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due time. When it is time, and it will not be according to your wisdom or your knowledge or, or just how cute or prudent you are. Understand that. And then also, uh, 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 immorality, materialism, accomplishments. You cannot love the world and the Father. No man can serve the master, Matthew 6, 24. Loving the world makes you an enemy of God. James 4 says that if you are a Christian and you're chasing after somebody that's not a Christian, you don't love God. You know, if you strive to have a relationship with somebody who does not belong to the Lord, you do not love God. You love yourself and your desire. Because God says you keep pursuing that relationship, you're getting, the closer you get to them, the farther you get from me. Huh? And so the world is passing with the world and everything in it. 2 Peter 3.10, nothing in this world is forever. It's all this period. Why build your hope on things that are perishing? And, and, and guess what? Along with things in the world, guess what else is passing away? Us too. We won't be here forever either. And that's so important. That's why I need to love God. I need to give my life to God now. Because I won't be here forever. I may be here for the moment, but the next moment I don't have. And I say that because so many people, as I talk to them, yeah, I know, Brother John, I was talking to one of my own relatives. And she was explaining to me, oh, I'll come back to church one day. Child, one day is a promise. It's just not a promise. And it, and, it, and it broke my heart to hear her say that. Because she was raised in the Lord just like I was. But it broke my heart. 
because she, she ventured out into the world and she got herself tied up into the world, the association and, and, and worldly relationships, striving out the world. And then she can make such a statement that is so full of pride and arrogance just to say, oh, I'll come back in a very passe way. I'll come back one day. You know the shame of that is? It should come back. But it might just be feet first. And it's too late when you wheel right at feet. It's too late, David, when you come feet first. Because there is no more confessing. There is no more repenting. There is no more praying. It's all over. Ah, I know, I know. They say, Brother Don, see, that's the problem. You're too old-fashioned. You're so hard on people. I just preach what God said against sin. And sin will call our souls to be lost. Don't sit around and say just one day. And those who do God's will shall abide forever. There is the kingdom of heaven. There is the kingdom of heaven. And even their deaths will be a blessing. You know that? When you die in the Lord, it should be a blessing. That's why they call, when Christians die, they call it a homecoming. Because when Christians die, you do us a favor. You set us free from this old burden world, these broken down bodies, these bills to pay, and all these things, hurtful things. Now I've been set free. And I can rest a lot. I can rest until my Savior comes. Because I don't know about you, and I don't even, I, don't, I can't speak for you. But I can speak for me, and I say, I'm tired of being here. And whatever he say, go. If he got the G, I got the O. Let's go. Because as Paul once said, I would rather be with my Lord. However, if it is more beneficial for me to stay here, then I'll stay here and I'll serve. But I long to be with my Father. I want to be with my Savior. I'm tired of it. There's nothing in here worth it. Nothing here is worthwhile. That doesn't mean that a Christian can't uh, have joy in life as they live here. But again, remember, we're, pay we're pilgrims passing through a pagan land, trying to get to a better place. And for that, we have a reason to rejoice. Huh? I can go to a place where I know somebody's going to always love me. I can go to a place where there's somebody who's going to always embrace me. Somebody who's going to always be glad to see me. Always be glad to speak to me. And I can ask him questions for eternity. And he has an answer all the time. I can go someplace where it's just glory. There's the light of heaven all day long. I can go to a place where his glory lights up the whole city. I can go to a place where there's no tears that'll ever be shed again. And if a tear could fall, he would wipe it with his own hand. That's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. That's where I need to be. Leave me alone and let me get the glory. The love of the world will only keep you, the love of the world will keep you handcuffed to a dying earth, a dying soul, a dying body, and a dying existence. But God's children have been reborn. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We've been redeemed, we've been renewed, and we can share the message say, come on, y'all, get right, church, and let's go on. We don't have to sit here and panic and try to please men. 
that please the Father who is in heaven. Stop loving the world. Stop loving the things in the world. There's a greater love in your Father. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can we love God and love each other with that same love? And, and, and let me tell you something. What will it profit, like I said, what will it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? I guarantee you this, that if you just obey God, you will not be a You can't be a And I tell you this, I always used the example of David. When a prophet came to choose the king, David wasn't even there. Where was David? He was out in the field tending to his father's sheep. Why? Because his daddy told him to go out there. He was obeying his father. He wasn't even there when the prophet came to pick the king. Now, when we worship God, we must worship God how? In spirit and in truth. That's with the right attitude according to the truth. His daddy said, go watch my sheep. He had the right attitude toward daddy. Yes, daddy, I'll go watch the sheep. His daddy's word was be out there watching the sheep. So with his right attitude and obedience, go in the direction according to his father's word, when the prophet got there and he paraded all of his tall, handsome sons in front of the prophet, and the prophet said, this is not him. And then the prophet said, you have one more son, Jesse. Man. Jesse said, Jesse said who? Little David? Preach, brother. Preach. You mean little David? Little five-foot-seven ruddy David, skinny, small David. The runt of the whole crew, David. The one not old enough to go out to the battle, David. The little one, David? Yes, that David. Go get him, because that's who God wants. But see, just as he was the little David, that was the same little David, who one day when he was with the sheep, a bear came to attack him. And his God delivered him through the little scrawny hands and scrawny arms with a little stone and a small sling. That same little David was delivered from the lion. That little little David. Because you know why? David knew how little he was, but understood how great his God was. He trusted not in his own strength, but trusted the might of his father. And that same faith put it, made him a giant killer. When he, when he faced Goliath, the man mountain, who a whole army wouldn't come out against. But little David, little David, with the right attitude and obedience, stood against Goliath and said, you've already been delivered into my hand, says my God. You want what's really coming to you? You want the true blessing God have? Stop getting and gaining and reaching after that prayer. Start reaching toward God. And you may not even see how it's going to happen. You don't have to. David wasn't there. They waited until David got there. Then they chose David and said, this is the one. He says, the God doesn't look at men like, 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 like men do. Men see the outside. God sees the inside. <clears throat> Stop loving the world. Come to a greater world. Come, come, come to a greater love. And when you come, when you get into this love affair with God, He'll fill you in areas you've never been filled before, and He'll show you a joy you've never known before. And He's opened opportunities, thoughts, and ideas that you've never even seen before. Because He's your Father, He loves you.
He was the Savior. He was the better. He was the improvement. So why are we still in love with the world? Drop your love for the world and pick up a true love for the Father. Anybody want to love the Father today? You want to love the Father? When he's calling, you hear him. And what he's saying, believe what he's saying. He said, I love you and I want to love you more. I want to love you deeper. Do you believe it? Then believe it. Have faith. Have the kind of faith that says, I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I serve him. He can break me down, and when he remakes me, I'll be stronger than I was before. I believe it. Yeah. And without faith, it's impossible to believe. Believe what he says, and leave that old love affair behind. I don't care what you got to come out of. Guess what? I don't care how difficult the situation is that you got to break free of. If you want to break free today, God's people will help you. God will lead you and God's people will help you. You want to break free from Satan? We're here. And we'll do all God directs us to do to help save another soul. Don't go back to the same sin. Repent. Because Jesus says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. There was a time when God went to man's ignorance, but now we command him everywhere to do what? Repent. Not change. Change your mind, change your actions. It doesn't make a difference if you sat here the whole time. You know that's Mike, brother Josh. Amen, brother Josh. That show is Mike. That is the truth. That's the truth, and you is preaching it to them. <laughs> you preaching it to them. You know what? I can make a list of five people who need to hear this right now. But what about you? But what about you? Because God is calling you. Huh? Don't go back to that because you sit here and agree, but go back to the same old simple situations. It'll do you any good. Come out. Repent. Then, then confess Jesus as your new Lord. I'm not going to follow me anymore. I'm just going to follow him. He says, well, follow me into the watery grace of baptism. Have all your sins washed away. Let my spirit come and dwell in you and lead you in the newness of life. Be added to the body which is his church. That's the only way you become a Christian. If you've been taught the truth, understand that when Jesus comes and we don't know when he's coming, that same truth you've been taught, this same word, is going to judge you in the end. And there'll be no reason for you to say, I didn't obey. No right reason. He's calling. Christians, if you've been falling in love with the world and letting Satan trip you up and get you to think like the world, react like the world, respond like the world, repent. He'll forgive you. He'll make you whole. Now, does anybody want to come to Jesus? You got that opportunity. Father, send us in.